0: Hello and welcome back to the Fermanagh Christian Fellowship podcast. Each week we've been looking at the topic of community with Mike Williams. This week Mike is looking at do good. Let's hear what he has to say. Welcome to our community podcast where we're exploring some of the one another sayings in the New Testament. Today we're looking at a text from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 15. Do good to one another. What a lovely text this is. To do good to one another means to bless one another. It means to give or profit or benefit other people. In broad terms, it means to give goodness to others. Who could possibly object to this? Surrounded by family, church family and other friends, it's the most natural thing in the world to extend goodness to those we love. I describe this verse as a cosy text. Is that what Paul means? Well, not quite. Take another look at the text. Do good to one another and to everyone. Notice the last three words, and to everyone. Well, these words spoil things a little, don't they? You see, The word everyone includes people outside the immediate circle of our family and friends. It means, well, everyone. It means people we don't know that well, strangers and people in the street. It means, dare we say it, people we may not like that much. There are people who live in a different way from us, people who have different opinions about things. In fact, It includes people who don't share our religious convictions. The text implores us to do good to them as well. In this way, our text is becoming a little less cosy. But is this all that Paul means? Well, once again, not quite. Take another look at the text, and this time note what immediately precedes the words, do good to one another. Paul wrote, See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. That's what the whole verse states. Well, the mention of not repaying evil for evil moves Paul's meaning onto a whole new level. Now the full text means, do good to one another, Within your own circle, do good to everyone outside your own circle, and do good to those who attack you with evil intent. We are to do good to those who hate us. Well, when Paul wrote these words, every one of his readers knew exactly what he was referring to. To remind ourselves, we must go back to Acts chapter seventeen verses one to nine and to Luke's record of how the gospel came to Thessalonica during Paul's second missionary journey. Paul was very effective in the first three weeks of his ministry in Thessalonica. For three Sabbaths, he attended the synagogue to teach and preach and remonstrate with the congregation that the Jesus whom he proclaimed was indeed the Christ. The result was tremendous Listen to how Luke puts it in verse 4. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. I would describe that as a successful mission, wouldn't you? Some Jews, a great many Greeks, probably proselytes, and loads of leading women were all converted. But look at what happened next. The Jews became jealous and stirred up an unsavoury rabble of people who became a lynch mob, baying for blood. This violent mob made its way to the house where Paul was staying. It belonged to Jason. They attacked the house and when they didn't find Paul, they lynched Jason instead. Paul escaped to another town called Berea where his mission was even more successful. But undeterred and determined to stop Paul in his tracks, the Jews from Thessalonica pursued him to Berea and stirred up hatred and violence there too, forcing Paul to move on to Athens. Now with this background knowledge, what is Paul's message? His message is do good to one another, do good to everyone. Don't repay evil for evil, but do good to those who hate you, who pursue you, who make life horrible for you, those who are determined to bring you down. Now, doesn't this sound like the teaching of Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about loving your enemies? This is not a cosy text at all. There's only really one way that such a heart of goodness can be demonstrated to one another, to everyone and to our enemies. And that is through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. For doing good in this way is not a natural behaviour, rather it's a supernatural one. Now let me draw your attention to one short verse Paul wrote following our text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 now. In that verse he wrote, Do not quench the Holy Spirit. You see, the natural instinct is to repay evil with evil, to be bitter, resentful and vindictive towards those who hurt us. But if we do, we quench, we dampen, we put out the fire of the Holy Spirit within us. We're the ones that lose out. I remember as a young Christian being deeply impacted by the preaching of Dr. Stephen Alford at the Port Stewart Convention, what was many years ago. In his sermon on the Holy Spirit, he repeated a phrase three times, a phrase that buried itself deep within my psyche. This is what he said, There is no power without purity. There is no power without purity. There is no power without purity. If we allow our hearts to become impure through bitterness, resentfulness, or vindictiveness, we lose out on the power of the Holy Spirit. In effect, we quench the Spirit. To do good to our enemies is a tall order, but it is one made possible by the power and purity of the indwelling Holy Spirit. I repeat what I said last time. The need of the hour, as followers of Jesus, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a message for anyone who has been hurt in the past. Perhaps hurt by people in church. Perhaps hurt by people in your own church right now. Please, don't allow bitterness, resentfulness uh, or vindictiveness to take up space in your heart. Come to the Lord in prayer. Pour out your heart to him, emptying all your hurts on him. Tell him all about it. Declare to him how you don't want to be like this, but instead you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What in years gone by people used to refer to as the balm of Gilead. The healing balm of Gilead is a figure of speech describing the indwelling healing of the Holy Spirit. He brings healing and victory to broken hearts. Do this today by faith through prayer. God bless you all. Thanks again for joining us on the FCF podcast. Please feel free to check out um, more sermons that have been uploaded to the website. One is the Revelation series with Stevie Rogers. So feel free to listen to that over the next few weeks as well. Thanks for joining us.